ought have plus nothing. It is by the grace of God that we are saved and only by the grace of God that we are saved. We cannot add anything to it and we should not want to add anything to it because we could never add enough. We could never add the right thing. We could never do anything to truly earn our salvation on our own. I might need to ask the computer guys to transition my slides. My batteries might have gone bad. Um, but let's go and read the scripture for today. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. And if you could transition it for me as I read, that would be great. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Thank you. And you can keep the scriptures open there, but if the worship team back there at the computer could turn back to my PowerPoint slides, it would be great. You see, we come together today to remember that it is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's not just plus nothing grace, but we need to remember where that grace came from, and that grace came from Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We needed grace, and we got it. We needed grace, and we got it. And that is the truth. And we need to believe in the truth of Jesus that he is enough. He is everything that we needed. Now, as we read today about the walking by the spirit and not of the flesh, I'll tell you that this is a series I once preached for about 10 weeks in a row. And many pastors have. But today we're just going to be doing more of a quick overview. And my main point is this. Let's see if my... Okay, it's back to working. My main point is this. We need to be walking by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit produces a holy lifestyle and enhances our relationship with God. The power of the Holy Spirit allows believers to conquer the desires of the flesh, which constantly threaten them. If you're taking notes, this is important for you to write because this is truth that you need to be reminded of every single day. That the power of the Holy Spirit allows believers to conquer the desires of the flesh, which constantly threaten them. Now, before we get too in, into the sermon, I want to point out some notes I wrote down. A few notes before we be begin. First, and I believe there's a lot of evidence for this, the fruit of the Spirit is a collective noun. And all of them are produced in each believer. 
all of us have all of these fruits. Now, that doesn't mean that, that you don't struggle with certain ones, or one might be more evident to you and those around you on one day or another. But the Spirit is always at work making all of these fruits grow within us. The moment you're a believer, you have these. Now, the Scripture words the fruit of the Spirit with an is, not an are. It says the fruit of the Spirit is, not the fruits of the Spirit are, because it's collective. It's all together. The Spirit is at work in each believer, not producing just one or two of them, but all of them. And again, that doesn't mean that you're going to have all of them evident to everybody around you at certain times. You may struggle with certain ones. But do not doubt that you do have the fruit of the Spirit in your life if you are a believer and if you have the Spirit in your life. The Father's objective is that we are being transformed into His Son, Jesus' image, more and more with each day. And therefore, wherever we are, whatever season you may be in, we can and should pray that Jesus' beauty would be shown to all those around you. Alistair Begg said this. He said, we are saved by faith not by fruit. But we're not saved by fruitless faith. Wish I would have put that on the board for you. Let me say that again. We're saved by faith, not by fruit. But we are not saved by fruitless faith. That's by Pastor Alistair Begg. You see, the more you're living as Christ and according to the way of the righteous, according to God's word... For holy living, the more we should be walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Walking away from the flesh and by the Spirit is a good thing. But too often we allow our flesh, our humanly sinful desires, our past emotions, our past things to control our lives. Instead of allowing our lives to be controlled by action of walking in the Spirit. Paul gives us a list. He actually gives us a couple lists to evaluate our lives by. And not just to evaluate our lives, but to evaluate the lives of others. The lives of teachers, the lives of pastors, of professors, of scholars, of our friends, of our neighbors, too. To be able to see, are they walking by the Spirit or are they walking by the flesh? And sometimes we all need this reminder. You see, even the world knows that walking by the flesh is a bad thing. There are laws in society against the deeds of the flesh because they are destructive. But there are no laws against the, the list that Paul gives us of walking by the Spirit. Think about those words. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger... Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Think of the negativity there. Think of the destructiveness there compared to the power of living by the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's because all of these things are good. All these things are great. All of these things are Christ-like. And things we should be desiring to have. 
Now, maybe this is a good reminder for you of where we're at in Galatians. So we started off in Galatians with Paul's personal plea to the Galatians and his warning to the Galatians. And we moved on to his doctrinal pleas. But now in Galatians chapter 5, we've moved on to a point of practical living for the Galatians. Practical living, how should they be living? And we should translate this to how should we be living in a way which glorifies and pleases God. A way of living which is victorious against sinful ways of our old flesh. And he's pleading with the Galatians. He's pleading with all of them to remember the power that resides within each of them. Are you a believer? It's more or less what he's saying to them and what we can say to ourselves. Are you a believer? Because all believers have the presence of the indwell and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's because of this indwelling of the Spirit that we can be victorious over these things. But too often we allow these things to control us instead of allowing the Spirit to control us. We forget the power that we have within us. Or maybe we don't truly have the power within us. Maybe you haven't truly surrendered all like this song we sang this morning says. So as we look to this passage today, I think there's three main points we can see. Number one is this, walk by the Spirit. But there's, a, there's four different points underneath of walking by the Spirit. Number one is this, we must continually walk by the Spirit. Continually walk by the Spirit. And to walk by the Spirit indicates a need to yield to His leading each day, every single day. It's an action word which indicates that we need to step aside and we need to allow the Spirit to lead in our lives. Why? Because the battle is everywhere. Every day is a new day, and every day with a new day has a new battle to fight. In the home, at the workplace, at the baseball field, the basketball court, at a restaurant or at a bar, you have a battle to fight. But even within the church today, we have battles to fight. We must be continually walking by the Spirit and avoiding the fleshly desires. The Spirit is like a teacher, a mentor who walks with us everywhere we go. And the Spirit is trying to teach you, trying to lead you. But as a good student, we need to be listening, not falling asleep. And we need to be taking action to do what our teacher is telling us to do. We must be striving to get an A each and every single day in the test of life. And not an F. We do not want to fail because, again, we have that warning that those who desire the fleshly desires will not inherit the kingdom of God. B is walk by the Spirit to conquer the flesh. You see, there's no neutral ground in this battle. You're either living in one sphere or the other. You're either obeying the leading of the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. And I think it's important to note that by. We are walking by the Spirit. We are walking under His control, under His guidance, under His leading, or we're not. And if we're not walking by the Spirit, then we're walking by something else. And that would be by the flesh, by our humanly sinful desires. We'd be walking by exactly what Satan wants us to walk by. We have a promise here that the Spirit gives us power to conquer the flesh and to please God. To receive a right relationship with the Father. But in order to do so, we must not simply say no to the flesh. We must say yes to the Spirit. You must actively leave one and follow the other. 
see is this. Walk by the Spirit because the battle is intense. And in fact, in my notes, I put the battle is real. And it is real intense. The battle of the flesh is within us. It's not something that's just of the world. And these temptations are real to continue to go down the ways of your past. You have an old self and you have been made new, but that doesn't mean that the temptations of the past and the old self are completely gone. Life can throw many curveballs at you, and some of these you don't even recognize until it's too late. Some of these temptations, sometimes you're led astray by your very best friends, or by family, or by relatives, or by leaders in your community, or your church, your life. People who you look up to sometimes lead you away from God. And that's why, as we evaluated last week, with the way of the righteous in Psalm 1, we need to make sure that our counsel is coming from godly counsel. We need to make sure that our counsel is coming from the Word of God. And as we seek that counsel, that advice for life, we need to make sure that in all things we do, we honor and glorify Him. We seek to glorify Him in all that we do. Now, I've heard of many devout Christians, pastors, professors who actually leave the faith because of this battle with the flesh that takes over. And unfortunately, too often, they get let down because people don't come around them and lift them up and support them and help them. Instead, sometimes they're, they're more concerned with tearing them down than helping them through it. And you know, Satan loves this. Satan wants nothing more than to tear you down. Satan wants nothing more than to tear all of us down because if he can get one more Christian, one more Christ-believing, Christ-following person away from Christ, he feels victorious. Now notice I said he feels victorious because we know from God's word Satan will never truly be victorious. You see, part of the problem of battling the flesh is the casual attitude that we come into the fight with. We must recognize that this is a war. A war on sin and sinful desires. And we are not facing a war alone. We face this war with the power of God within us. But do we truly act that way? Do we truly live that way? Or are we so concerned with our own strength, our own might, our own wisdom, our own emotions, that we fail to recognize the great power that we have in the Holy Spirit living within us, indwelling us, God inside of us. We took communion today, remembering Christ's life. But do we truly remember what Christ's life gave to us, what his death gave to us? We must recognize the great power that we have. And why is this battle so intense? Well, not only is it because it's within us. You see, some people choose to avoid the world. They think, well, I'll just turn off the TV, I'll turn off the radio, I won't go to the store, I will avoid the world. And this will solve all my problems. But that's not going to solve the problem either. Because the problem is within us. It's against our own human nature, our sinful nature. It's against these desires that we have. But the battle is so intense because the spirit and the flesh have competing agendas. You see, the spirit wants your life to please and glorify God. But the flesh wants to separate you from God. Satan wants to do anything he can to separate you from God. And we're told here that the desires of the flesh do not go along with the Spirit. In fact, we have a powerful word here that God tells us that they directly oppose 
one another. And when I think of directly oppose one another, I think of two fists coming at each other. They're just constantly opposing each other. They're battling each other. They're fighting. And the walking by the Spirit, the Spirit is battling for you. The Spirit is battling for you. The flesh is battling against you. Walking by the Spirit is battling for you so that you can live in a relationship with God, so that you can glorify Him, and so that you can be victorious over these things of the flesh, over these things of the world. D is walk by the Spirit to be free from the law. You see, there's no power to be free from the law without Christ. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And this brings us to point number two. Observe the obvious. Observe the, the obvious. Paul gives us a list of evidence to apply to our lives to and to, to evaluate our lives. But this list is not just for our lives. It's also to apply to those around us. And it's a very obvious list. It, it's made evident. The works of the flesh are listed in verses 19 to 21. And again, the point of the sermon isn't to dig in deep. We could definitely do that. I've said, I said that at the beginning. I did preach this for 10 plus weeks once. Many pastors do. And we could look to each and, single, each and every single fruit. But today, the point is more simple. Walk by the Spirit. But I do want to read these to you again. I don't want to just skip over them. Verse 19 to 21 says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. They are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to also conclude that this, or, or just state that this is not an exhaustive list. This is not an all-inclusive list. And you notice that at the end where it says that things like these. This list could go on and on and on as we continue to list the many sinful desires of our flesh. But these are giving, giving you some powerful things to look at. And not just that, we have lists here that could actually be categorized into different categories. But that's for another day, and I do plan on preaching on this another day more in detail. But Paul gives us a nasty list of sinful and desires and actions because I think he and God knew that we needed it. We needed a list to be able to look at. We needed a list to be able to judge ourselves by and to try and see how good are we being at pleasing God. Now, I want to be careful there, though, and state that we can never truly please God on our own. We're always going to be unworthy because of our sins. But it's because of Christ and grace that we are saved. But that doesn't mean that we don't look to our life. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't always be in a constant action of evaluating our life and trying to please God, trying to become more like Christ. It's important for us today to go through the list of sinful living in detail but not to think too much about it. Because sometimes we're so busy analyzing every single word, and maybe we're analyzing every single word of other people, that we fail to see the big picture. We need to see the big picture. 
We need to see the big picture that we need to be avoiding these things. And we need to make sure they don't control us. Now, does that mean that you're always going to be living righteously? That you're never going to do anything wrong? No. We need to constantly, continually be walking by the grace of God, walking by the Spirit, and recognizing when we're not living in a righteous way, a way which would please God. And when it comes to that, when we recognize we're not living in a way that pleases God, when we recognize we're not doing things which are walking by the Spirit, when we recognize that maybe we're living more according to the flesh, we need to repent of our wrongdoing. And we need to repent both to God and the Spirit and to Jesus because he died so that you wouldn't do these things. But then we also need to repent to ourselves and change, and we need to repent to those whom you might have harmed with your wrongful living. We need to be sure to acknowledge the warning at the end of the list, though, too. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think it's important to acknowledge that, because, again, we want to make sure that we're living according to the flesh, walking by the Spirit. But we should be wanting to make sure other people know the consequences. You see, there are consequences to living by the flesh. There are consequences to not surrendering it all to Christ. And those consequences are not inheriting the kingdom of God. This brings us to the fruit of the Spirit and as noted before, this is a list to compare and contrast the list of fleshly desires to the list of fleshly desires. This is a way to evaluate yourself or someone else, possibly a false teacher in your life, and to ask, are they walking by the Spirit? Are you walking by the Spirit? And these are very convicting statements. I know they are to me as I read through them. As you read through these things and you picture your own life, do you ever find yourself maybe being controlled by some of these things like sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions? These are convicting statements as we read them, but we need to also focus on the opposite side, focus on the things that we do have. And focus on walking by the Spirit, the strength and power that we have to be able to be victorious over the flesh. All these things together continue to make us more like Christ. And I want to read those to you again here. Because again, sometimes we focus too much on the negative in our life instead of the positive. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Each of you have love within you. Joy. Each of us have a joy which cannot be taken away from us. Sure, your happiness might be dwindled down by your current circumstances, but you have a fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Each of us have peace, the peace of the Spirit, the peace of Christ. We each have patience. We each have kindness. We each have goodness. We each have faithfulness. We each have gentleness and self-control. But we need to make sure these things are controlling our lives more than the opposite are. Moving on, we need to remember the good news. Remember the good news that we belong to Christ. We belong to Jesus. We need to walk by the Spirit. 
and recognize that Jesus already died for all of our sins. Jesus already died for our humanly fleshes. We no longer need them to control our lives. There is hope in this battle that we're in. But the hope that in the battle that we're in comes down to recognizing the flesh is opposing the spirit, but the spirit does win. We also need to recognize the power that we have because we're possessed by the spirit. You have power, and the power of God lives within us. We're in a battle every day and everywhere we go, but we are not alone. You see, we can have victory over our fleshly desires if we stay focused on walking and following the spirit. The battle rages within us each and every single day. We are at battle against our very selves, against our flesh. But don't kid yourself by thinking you're alone because you're not. And don't kid yourself by thinking that this isn't a battle because it is. It is. And I hope you see that by reading the list and recognizing that strife and jealousy and fits of anger and idolatry, all these things which do not glorify God are real and they're intense. John MacArthur said, We must look back to the cross of Christ, where the death of of the flesh and its power to reign over believers was actually accomplished. Christians must wait until their glorification before they are finally rid of their unredeemed humanness. Yet by walking in the Spirit, they can please God in this world. We can and will have victory if we walk by the Spirit. Allow the helper to help you today. Walk by the Spirit. Allow the Spirit's power to guide you, to empower you, to lead you. But we need to say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. You see, we can't continue to live in one and the other at the same time. They are directly opposed to the other. You can't be doing them both at the same time. And too often we try and dabble in both sides of the world. We're dabbling in the things of the world and the things of the God. And they just... They just don't mix. What are you going to do today? Here are some final questions for you. How might you crucify, put to death the flesh in your life? How might you crucify, put to death the flesh in your life? You see, I I really, Tanner, thank you for giving us those powerful words at communion about the blood of Christ. And how the boy, when he volunteered his blood to save his sister... He thought he was actually going to die by doing that. You see, when we hear these words, crucify, we recognize that the people of that day knew that to hear that word crucify meant they were going to death. We're told to crucify our sinful desires, crucify the desires of the flesh, put them to death. The flesh must be put to death so that we can walk by the Spirit in all things. So what are we going to do today, tomorrow, and this week to walk by the Spirit? One commentator said this, God has a place for our flesh with all its passions and desires. He wants us to nail it to his cross so that it may be under control and under the sentence of death. Nail it to the cross of Jesus so that it can truly be put to death. As long as you're trying to handle things on your own, it's going to keep coming back. But if we truly surrender all to Christ, we can be victorious. Crucified is an important word. You see, Paul could have simply chosen the word killed. But he used the word crucified because it speaks many things. It reminds us of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It reminds us that we are called to take up our cross and follow him. 
It reminds us that the death of the flesh is often painful. It's intense. It's hard. It reminds us that the flesh must be dealt with decisively. But moving on to a final question for you to take home. In what ways are you tempted to disobey the Spirit? In what ways do we disobey walking by the Spirit? In which ways are we opposing our greatest strengths in this battle? Recognize that your fleshly desires are evil. And recognize that we need to be fighting against them, but we need to recognize that we're not in this battle alone. We need to stop and pray for the Spirit's work in our life and for this battle. We need to actively avoid these things. We need to actively walk by the Spirit. And if you're in a lifestyle with these sins of the flesh, of our humanly flesh, we need to repent and we need to flee. So I'm sorry if I wasn't my normal joyful self up here today, and I do recognize I do have the fruit of the Spirit of joy. But sometimes we just need to be more serious. Because these are serious words that we have in Galatians. We are saved by Christ alone. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And we need to recognize the fruit of the Spirit, but we also need to recognize the desires of the flesh. Because these desires of the flesh, they take us away from godly, rightful living. We can have victory over our fleshly desires if we stay focused on walking and following the Spirit. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, which is convicting. It's convicting. But it's also edifying, and it builds us up to be better people. And to be better people, I mean, it makes us more and more like your son, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. On a day which we're called together today, as we do communion and we remember him, I pray that we do remember him in a way which we change. I pray that if we're living according to these desires of the flesh, that we might see that we have a great power in our life to bring us victory over these desires of the flesh. May we desire nothing more than to walk by the Spirit and in your love. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray today. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.